Hello and welcome back to the Locked On Seminoles podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Florida State beat writer for the uh, Tallahassee Democrat, Wayne McGahey III. And this is going to be a uh, pretty full podcast. We've got a lot to talk about today. Florida State basketball takes on uh, Florida tonight at 9 p.m. We're going to do a preview of that. We're going to talk about the quarterback battle between DeAndre Francois and James Blackman. And then talk a little bit about uh, what the offense had to say and what Coach Walt Bell had to say about taking over over play calling duties. So we've got a lot to talk about. Um, but before we do that, if you don't know who I am and you haven't listened to this podcast before, I do this every time just, you know, to make sure. But I'm, uh, like I said, I'm the Florida State beat writer for the Tallahassee Democrat. I've covered Florida State for each of the last four years. I started off as an intern on the NoelDigest.com site on the Scout Network. My worked my way up to the publisher of that site and then got the job with the Democrat in August of 2016. I cover football, baseball, basketball, and recruiting. Football, I... Uh, Anything that's going on around the program, I'm there. I'm covering it, away games, home games, bowl games, doesn't matter. Uh, anytime a player speaks or there's an open practice or a coach speaks, it doesn't matter, I'm there. Basketball, I cover every basketball home game as well as any postseason basketball games. I was out in Nashville and Los Angeles for Florida State's Elite Eight run this past season. And then baseball, I cover every baseball home game as well as any postseason baseball games. I was out in Omaha for the College World Series two years ago when Florida State made a run out there. I also cover every major and minor recruiting event that Florida State has. So I have a pretty good idea of what's going on around the three major uh, major sports at Florida State as well as recruiting. Um, <clears throat> but seeing as number 15 Florida State, the highest, uh, highest ranked team that Florida State has of the big three because baseball's not playing and, f- you know, f- football is uh, four and five right now. But we're going to talk about the uh, we're going to talk about the Florida game first. You know, last season Florida State absolutely just drubbed the Gators in Gainesville, eighty three to sixty six. Terrence Mann had a team high twenty five, a career high, and Florida State just out physicaled. Um, they were just more physical than the Gators. It, like it, they beat them up so badly that Florida coach Mike White uh, said that they were the his team was the epitome of soft after the game. Uh, he was clearly not happy with his team at that point. Florida State was just more physical. They've won four straight in the series. It's the first time ever that they've won four straight. Florida State's looking for their fifth straight win tonight at 9 p.m. in the Tucker Civic Center. I uh, hope to see all of you out there. It should be a really fun environment and some good basketball. It's the first time Florida State started off with a major college basketball opponent in 16 years. It hasn't happened since uh, since Leonard Hamilton became the coach. That's how far back we have to go to. But it, it should be fun to watch. I'm really excited to see what this team's going to do. Um, Florida State's missing its leading scorer from last year, Phil Kofer, who averaged 12.8 points. Um, he's going to be out for at least a month, um, if not into uh, – he should be back before conference play starts, but he won't be back before Florida State takes on uh, takes on Purdue at the end of the month. So we're going to have to wait and see how things – um, how things go without him, but I'm really excited about this Florida State team. Terrence Mann's back again. Uh, Trent Forrest is moving into the starting lineup where he should have been all along. Uh, I I love Trent Forrest. I love his game. I love watching him. He distributes. He's, I mean, he he's a fun player to watch. He plays excellent defense. He distributes well. He can drive to the basket. He's improved his shot. I'm, I'm a huge Trent Forrest fan. I think that as he goes, Florida State will go this season, and I think uh, he's going to I think he's going to have a huge impact on Florida State this year. Uh, Fiondu Cabangili is going to be back. Is back this year. MJ Walker's back. PJ Savoy's back. Chris Gamaji's back. I mean, th- there's most of the 
most of the team that went to the Elite Eight last year is back. I mean, Florida State loses Brian Angola, which is a big loss. He's an excellent uh, defensive player and was a good shooter. Loses C.J. Walker, who was the starting point guard. Uh, I haven't been very high on C.J. Even when he first arrived at Florida State, I never thought he was that good. I always thought he was a step slow, especially on defense. And, um, you know, he was a he was a bit a bit of a, a mint like he, he had mental I don't want to say mental issues because that 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 comes out wrong but when something went wrong he didn't handle it well mentally um and that that was always a big issue for him and then Ike Biagu who wasn't really an offensive uh offensive player for Florida State but was a great rim protector had a had 71 blocks last year for the team. It was he was one of the best shot blockers in college basketball. So that's going to that's going to hurt as far as the defense goes. But Florida State's also bringing back Raquan Gray who I'm really excited about. Um he's just he's he's dropped 40 pounds since he came on campus. He's going to uh he still needs to drop a few more pounds. He's got to improve his conditioning. But man, when he gets going and he get like when he can when he can play at a high level before he tires himself out. He's a special kid to watch. He can shoot, he can drive, he can play defense, he can dish the ball. He is a fun player to watch. Um, it'll be interesting to see how many minutes he gets because, you know, like I said, he's he's a guy that isn't, like, still, like, even despite, you know, dropping all that weight, isn't in the best shape. He's going to have to continue to work on that. That's something that he's got to uh, that he's got to figure out. But when he is on the court, I expect him to have a at least a – you know, somewhat of an impact. You've got Wyatt Wilkes, who's a spot-up shooter right now. Um, you know, he's gonna he's gonna have a role. He's one of the best shooters on the team, if not the best shooter on the team. Um, him and PJ like to argue about that a little bit, but he's he's an excellent shooter. And then you've got David Nichols, who's transferring in from Albany. Uh, you know, he played at a a lower level school, but that doesn't mean that he didn't you know didn't play well. Uh, when they were at, when they were scheduled to play uh, big time opponents, he had 15 points against Louisville last year. So, yeah, and then you've got true freshman Devin Vassell, who, you know, man, that that kid, uh, they wanted to redshirt him when they first got when he first got here, but he's been too good for Florida State to even think about redshirting him. He's going to play, and I think that by the end of the year, he's going to have a significant role in the rotation. He's not going to start. Um, but he's going to have a significant role in the rotation because he can shoot. He plays defense well. He's got good. He's got good uh, length. Um, you know he can distribute. He, he has no fear whatsoever. Uh, you know I was talking to to one of the Florida State coaches who said he's too young to be to be afraid of this situation. He doesn't know what he's walking into, but he you know it just doesn't matter for him. Uh, he just wants to go out and play basketball. So that's those are the kind of guys that you obviously like. I really like what Florida State's bringing back this year. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how Florida State plays against bigger teams and smaller teams. Um, Fiondu is is going to be the biggest key to this to this team. I think. I think that Trent Forrest, it, the offense is going to and defense are going to go as Trent Forrest goes. But I think um, how Fee plays is really going to determine how far Florida State can go because Fee's going to play a lot of the five this year. He's going to play a lot of the four um, with Kumajian. He'll play the four, obviously. But when teams go small. And Florida State needs a guy that can come in and step out with a you know six six ten center that can shoot. It's going to be Fee. Um, he's a guy that can step out and shoot. He's a guy that can play face up on the basket. He's a guy that can play with his back to the basket. He's basically, I mean, he, he's up to six ten now. He's a guy that can do really do it all for Florida State. 
and he's so versatile that having him allows Florida State to do so much more. Because last year when teams went small, Florida State didn't really have an answer because they played two seven-footers at center. This year they only have one seven-footer, and when teams go small, they can play fee in response to that and still be fine. So if if Florida State's going to make another run like they did last year, I think fee's going to have to be um, as good as this as the Florida State coaching staff thinks he can be. And we'll, uh, that'll start – I mean, that's really going to start tonight. Uh, Florida isn't ranked this year. They've got a – they've had some changes. They've got more guys that can drive the basket, less shooters um, than they did last year. I mean, last year they were – they led the nation in scoring and shooting coming into that Florida State game, and Florida State just kicked their tail down in Gainesville. Uh, I did not actually attend that game because I'd gotten word that – you know, this this is right around the time. Well, it, this game was played later, around the end of November, beginning of December last year. I can't remember the exact date. I'm pretty sure it was at the be- the very end of November. Either way, um, I'd gotten word that uh, Jimbo Fisher might be might be leaving at that point. It happened on a Tuesday. Uh, it was a Tuesday game. Jimbo, or it was yeah, it was either Tuesday or Monday, and Jimbo left on Friday. But I gotten word that. Jimbo might be resigning at that point and leaving for Texas A&M. So I ended up having to stay home and make sure that didn't happen. But uh, I did watch the entire game. It was, I mean, it was fun to watch. Florida State just took it to the Gators. And we'll have to wait and see if they can do that tonight. I like what Florida State's bringing back. I like what Florida State is going to be able to do on the offensive end because Trent just, with his ability to distribute and the improved shots from him and Terrence, it's really going to open up the offense. So we'll have to wait and see how that goes. Um, we'll talk about talk about that game tomorrow. Uh, but we're going to get into the next segments. It's still football season. Florida State plays number three Notre Dame this weekend. So we're going to jump into football real quick. We'll talk a little bit more about basketball. Or we'll talk a lot more about basketball tomorrow after the game. Discuss what we saw. But <clears throat> before we get into the next couple segments... We all love a night out, whether it's seeing our favorite band in person or being there in the crowd to cheer on the Knowles. With Vivid Seats, you can attend the concert, show, or sporting event of your choice at a great price. Vivid Seats is the top source for tickets for all the live events you want to go to. You can sort by price or look for seats in the section and row of your choice. To make things even better, Vivid Seats is giving listeners an exclusive promo code for new customers to receive $20 off orders of $200 or more to save even more money. Go to the App Store Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. Use promo code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. That's locked on, no spaces, all capitalized for, for $20 off orders of $200 or more as a new customer of Vivid Seats. Every purchase is backed by a 100% buyer guarantee. So make a movie that lasts a lifetime and let Vivid Seats help you get to your favorite live event. Thanks for sticking with me as we head into the second segment. <coughs> Yesterday during his press conference... Willie Taggart said that he hadn't made a decision um, about which quarterback will start, James Blackman or DeAndre Francois. Um, Francois suffered a concussion against Clemson, and James Blackman stepped in, threw for 421 yards, four touchdowns, and one ACC quarterback of the week. So, you know, it's <clears throat> it, it's an interesting choice. Does, you know, did James Blackman do enough to... Uh, to earn that starting job, personally, I think so. I think Florida State needs to go away from DeAndre Francois. Uh, the t- the offense looked like it flowed more. It had a better rhythm. It got in sync when James was back there quarterbacking. Uh, he spread the ball around. He didn't just lock in on uh, Nyquan Murray. Um, 
and I thought that he, he ran the offense better than we'd seen it run all year long. That's not to say that DeAndre didn't have have high points this year. His game against Wake Forest was very good, um, but he's also not run the offense at the level that it was supposed to be ran at for really the entire season. So I thought that uh, that Willie should uh, should go to James and you know make him the future of the offense at least for this season, and then you know he has to compete with Sam Howell when uh, Howell comes in in the spring. So. You know, I I think that I, I still believe that I think James Blackman should be the quarterback at Florida State. But today, DeAndre Francois came out and he said that he's still the number one guy. Okay, I mean I understand having confidence that uh, that you can get you know get it done and and that you uh, <laughs> that you have confidence in your ability. And then he went on to say, Coach Taggart continues to make that clear. And that James understands that, but James is always ready. That can't be accurate. There's no way that's accurate. Not a chance. I I can't even imagine that being accurate. Um, I, I said that James should be the starter. James should be the starter. Like, there shouldn't be any question about this. You know, I think that Francois has done pretty, like, he's, he's done all right. But the offense looked different with James at quarterback. And that's not because just NC State's defense was bad. Um, you know, their pass defense was bad, but the way the offense ran, the rhythm that it had when he was at quarterback was different than anything we'd seen from DeAndre. He had the grasp of the offense, and I think it was uh, it was very clear that James Blackman should be the starting quarterback. And I understand Francois coming in saying that he's still the number one guy. He's competing for the job. Taggart said that they're going to have to con- they're going to have to practice this week and. He'll make a decision closer to game time, which means that we won't know about it until uh, until Saturday. But for Francois to come out and say that Tag- Coach Taggart continues to make it clear that DeAndre Francois is the, is the starting quarterback, if that's actually happening, I'm like you you have to question what Taggart is looking at at this point. Like we know that there are plenty of people that want James Blackman to start, and after that performance that he had on Saturday. You know, that's only going to go up. But I just, I, I can't imagine Taggart going back to James Blackman at this point. Or back to, I'm sorry, back to DeAndre Francois at this point. After the performance that James Blackman had. The love that his teammates clearly have for him. And um, I just can't imagine that that happens. But both of them were taking first team, uh, first team reps this year. This year. Uh, today in practice. Sorry guys, uh, it's gonna. It's been a long day already. It's gonna be a long day, you know, because this game doesn't start until nine. But it, they were taking first team reps in practice. They were splitting them. That's you know, not not just in the media portion, but in the actual practice, they were splitting reps. If if Blackman is your guy, right? If Blackman is your guy, you have to. You have to get him the first team reps. You're going up against the number three team in the country. All you're doing is hurting your opponent. Like, not your opponent, but all you're doing is hurting your offense. Because you're splitting the reps. The, the reps that, that one of the quarterbacks could be getting are just not there. Like They're getting half the reps they should be heading in to face the number three team in the country on the road in a hostile environment in conditions that are going to really suck. I'm not made for the cold. I know that most of these Florida kids aren't, 
There's no way. Um, so, I, I, I don't agree with what, uh, what's going on this week at, at quarterback. I think Taggart needs to make his decision. He's seen, like, what, what do we need more practice for? Like, what do we need to see in practice that makes this decision? You know, if, if both of those guys are splitting reps at quarterback, which they are, then Taggart really hasn't made a decision. What more does he need to see? You've seen James in a game. You've seen Francois in a game. You've seen him in practice for near eight, uh, nine months now. What do you need to see? Like, you make your decision. All you're doing is hurting your offense because you're getting two quarterbacks that aren't really that similar, and you... And you're splitting the reps. I, I don't agree with it. I think Taggart either, either he needs to make a decision, whether it's DeAndre or Blackman. It, it should be Blackman, but whether it's DeAndre or Blackman, he, he needs to make a decision before any more practice reps go away. Because those practice reps are going to hurt the offense. But what, like, miss, missing those reps with the starting quarterbacks is going to hurt the offense heading into this game. But what more does he need to see? What's going to change this week in practice? Like, you don't get it. So, I'm not a huge fan of how uh, how Taggart's handling this week as far as as far as the quarterback situation goes. But we'll have to wait and see if that continues on Wednesday, and we'll have to wait and see what happens on Saturday because Coach uh, Coach Taggart isn't you know if if last week is any indication, Coach Taggart isn't going to make a decision on who's going to be the starting quarterback, or at least announce his decision until uh, until a game uh, game starts. So. Florida State's uh, Florida State's got some, got got some things to figure out before they head on the road to play number three Notre Dame, but that'll do it for for the second segment. We'll get into Walt Bell and calling the plays on the off um, calling the plays on the offense and what it means for Florida State in the uh, in the final segment. But before uh, before I get into that, are you sick and tired of paying for twenty channels you never watch when you just want to see your team win? then you've got to check out Sling TV. Sling TV is the best way to watch college football, and $30 a month gets you ESPN, the Pac-12 Network, the SEC Network, and many, many more channels that so that you can just watch the sports you want. But there's no useless channels, no long-term contracts, no hidden fees, and you can cancel any time, and you can stream on your big screen and all your favorite devices. So you've got to go check out Sling, T- uh, Sling TV. Go to sling.com forward slash locked on, and you can get a seven-day free trial going um seven-day free trial to check and see if you enjoy it. If you don't, I mean, it is what it is. It's a free trial. But why not give it a shot and stop fighting with cable? you got to go to sling.com forward slash L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. So give Sling TV a chance. Thanks for sticking with me as we head into this final segment of today's podcast. We've talked about the Florida State basketball team and their matchup with with Florida tonight at 9 p.m. at the Tucker Civic Center. Once again, I hope to see you there. Um, We talked a little bit about the quarterback battle between DeAndre Francois and James Blackman and a battle that I think should have been a a decision already should have been made. And then now we're going to get into talk about uh, what else is going on with the offense. Uh, Walt Bell took over. Took over play calling duties on Saturday, and Willie Taggart announced that that he will re- retain those duties for the rest of the season. So it's it's a really good sign that Willie is is willing to put his pride aside and his ego aside and make the decision to to go to Walt, saying basically he said that I think that other he thinks that other areas of the team need his need his expertise more need need him more. 
than the offense is, and he's confident that that Walt Bell can call plays at a high level and do do a good job. So, you know, first it's good on Taggart for for being able to shelve his pride and make that call, and it's also you know re- really tells us a lot about what he thinks of Walt Bell and Walt Bell's ability that he's willing to hand over the Gulf Coast offense to a coach that's only been in it for. I mean, he he got here in January, so been in it for ten months. I mean, this is a this isn't a an assistant that's been with him for a long time. This isn't an assistant that's you know immersed himself you know for years in this in this playbook. This is an assistant that just came on board that hasn't hasn't called plays in this offense ever. A similar offense, but not this offense, and that he trusted him enough to say, hey, mid-season, we're going to go, This, this you're, um, you've got this. So I think uh, it says a lot about what Willie Taggart thinks of Walt Bell and Walt Bell's ability to call plays that he was willing to do that. And that's obviously a good sign for Florida State. Um, keeping Walt Bell is, it would be very advantageous for Florida State because it means you keep Sam Howell. Um you know, Howell is Florida State's four-star quarterback commit, the number four overall uh, quarterback in the country. He's a very, very talented kid, a guy that I believe will be able to come in and compete immediately for the starting job, like I said, with James Blackman next season. And, um, you know, I think that, uh, you know, obviously keeping him and keeping Walt would be would be big for, for Florida State and Willie Taggart. Um, but it also, I guess... It gives a it gives us a good idea of what the future's gonna you know what the future's gonna look like because Willie's gonna have to make a lot of tough decisions right I mean a lot of tough decisions coming in this uh, coming in the off season I mean he's really good friends with Alonzo Hampton that dude you know he's a very nice guy but he probably shouldn't have a job anymore um, Florida State's special teams unit has been abysmal. It's been abysmal for a while, but it's it's really been abysmal this year. They can't do anything without committing a penalty. They're not disciplined. It's 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 been really just a train wreck on special teams this year. And you know, Alonzo and Willie, they're they're good friends. They um you know, it isn't the first time that Alonzo's worked with Willie. So being able for I, this is kind of a leap. I get it. But his ability to put his pride on his shelf and take him out himself out of the play calling duties and giving them to Walt at least tells me that he's willing to make changes that aren't uh that he he's not really happy about like there's no way that he's happy giving up play calling for this offense you know this is his offense he designed it that there's no way that that he's ta- that he's happy about handing over play calling you know, and there's no way that he's going to be happy about having to fire a friend. So, I think that by by showing that he's willing to do one, I think that that shows that he'd be willing to do the other. We'll have to wait and see if that happens, but at least it's you know a positive sign for you know everyone who's looking for change. Because let's face it, Florida State's going to have to change some things up on that coaching staff. The coaching staff has been sub uh, subpar this year. And it's uh, there's going to have to be some changes, um, you know. I, if we're if we're just going to go down the line, you know, quarterback Walt Bell's been fine. Um, 
you know, now that he's calling plays, I thought he called a really good game against uh, against NC State Saturday. The quarterbacks have been fine. I mean, you can't, like, I, I know that they've gone over with DeAndre what he's supposed to be doing, and he just wasn't doing it because you saw James Blackman doing it. Um, and then running backs, I mean, Florida State's running backs have been abysmal. That's That has a lot to do with the offensive line, but they haven't, you know, they haven't been running like we saw them like we saw both of them run last season like it's I don't know it's an issue I'm not sure whether that falls on on Dante Pimpleton the running back coach or whether it's just a product of the offensive line or the running backs just not getting the new blocking scheme either way um, that position needs to be evaluated because something is clearly not right now wide receiver David Kelly I think has done a fantastic job Um, you know he he initially came in to uh, to Florida State to be a like a GM type in the role that Bob Lasavita currently holds. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see him move into that role this offseason as Florida State goes, you know, with Florida State going out and getting a getting another wide receivers coach. I wouldn't be surprised, but I also wouldn't mind keeping David Kelly as the wide receivers coach because I think he's been really good. I mean, you look at uh, you look at what the wide receivers have been able to do as far as blocking and just how much they've improved. I mean, they've really carried this offense uh, you know, been the only source of offense for Florida State this season. Tight end, you know, Florida State's tight ends have been fine. Um, and then offensive line, Greg Fry was was given a, you know, people always talk about giving clay to mold. Uh, Greg Fry was given concrete, like already hardened concrete. And there's basically nothing you can do except for chisel, you know, and, and try and shape it that way. So he gets a pass, in my opinion. Um, Odell Higgins obviously comes with the uh, comes with the stadium. He's him and his unit's been very good. Mark Snyder's unit's been very good. I've seen a lot of improvement from Jay Rob. Uh, Brian Burns has been fantastic. You know, I'd like to see more from Wally Amy, but I mean that is what it is. He's a converted defensive tackle. Um, I'd like to see more playing time for Dennis Briggs and Xavier Peters, but maybe we'll see that in the final three games because uh, you know maybe those guys don't burn their shirts. So. I'm hoping that uh, we'll see more of those guys, but I think Mark Schneider's been fine. Then linebackers, Florida State's linebacker unit has been terrible. Uh, Dontavious Jackson has been, you know, and Leonard Warner to some extent has been, have been good. Jaden Woodby has been fine, but I still think he should be a safety. Um, I don't like him at linebacker. And then I get that Florida State's having to pay to play to Kalen Brooks, but Florida State doesn't like has really struggled. And at linebacker doing anything right, um, and linebacker recruiting isn't going too well right now. So I, you know, Raymond Woody is he's got he's got some work to do this uh, the rest of the season and this off season. I haven't been you know I haven't been too impressed by what he's uh, what he's shown on the field, and um, you know his right now linebacker recruiting has been kind of a disappointment. You know, Florida State has Jaleel McRae and Kalen Deloach committed, and Deloach is very uh, heavily looking elsewhere with Auburn and Michigan. So, you know, Florida State has to keep them and has to land at least one or two more of, you know, a high-caliber player for that to happen. Um, and then, finally, Harlan Barnett. I think Barnett's been fine. Florida State's lack of depth in the secondary uh, has really hindered them. Well, you know, what he was given at safety hasn't been great. They've tried to move Stanford and then had to move him back. It's just, uh, we'll, we'll see what he gets next year when the, the freshmen are a year, a year better Stanford's in his third year. And then the next, this, uh, 
freshman class that Florida State's going to be bringing in, the, the recruits that Florida State's going to be bringing in, are, um, are here. So, but that's going to do it for this edition of the Locked On Seminoles podcast. I hope uh, I hope you've enjoyed it as much as I've enjoyed doing it. And like I said, I hope to see you guys at the Tuck tonight. Florida State taking on Florida at 9 p.m. But that'll do it for this edition of the Locked On Seminoles podcast. Have a wonderful day.